on to this week's Dive of the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Pax, and we're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. Joining the show this week, as ever, we've got Paul Parkin. How's your week been, mate? Yeah, good, pal. Very good. Gone by very quickly this week. I'm not dead sure why. I've just, you know, just dawned on me that we're, we're at the end of the week again, and I'm not sure... Not sure where it's gone the rest of the week, but uh, it seems to have flown by since since Sunday, and it's been a pretty good week. How about yourself? Yeah, both kids aren't sleeping now, Parker, so it's a war of attrition in our house who stays awake the longest. So I'm running about three hours sleep a day at the moment, which is <laughs> which is healthy. But I'm here doing the podcast, feeling the energy, trying to lift the energies of, of the podcast and having a good time at the same time. Yeah, three hours a day. Yeah, I, that's I, at the I, moment. I think, I think I do about... I do mine in quarters, you see, so I sleep basically two-thirds of a day. I don't know, whatever. Yeah, I don't know how you're managing it, mate. I really yeah. don't. And then coming up with all this craziness. Yeah. Start, start hallucinating shortly, I think. I'm getting at that stage. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, hopefully get me head down before Sunday and see us play Wigan. And hopefully if we win there, I won't be hallucinating. Well, you never know. If we start winning at Wigan... I think you might be hallucinating. <laughs> it doesn't happen very often, does it? But uh, you never know. New season now. New season, new beginnings. We're going to start talking about new stuff, Parker. Got a new game. This is called Try, Try, Try Again. Um, mm. A bit like higher and lower, like we had last, the last time. But this time, it's players and the, the amounts of tries they scored in their Salford career. <sighs> okay. Cardi. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, it's, it's it's a viable that, isn't it? It's a great, a great website. Brilliant. So don't at me if you, if you're going. You didn't, you oh. scored thirty tries. You scored thirty-five tries. Don't do that. Rubbly project. Go see them. So we're going to start with Adrian Hadley. Okay, he scored thirty-eight tries in his, his Salford career between nineteen eighty-eight and nineteen ninety-two. Right. So mm. the, the what we'll do we'll go higher and lower. And then, for a bonus point, if you can name the actual number they scored, I'll give you a bonus on each person, if that makes sense. I've just got one bonus contention to start with. Go on, Parker. Adrian Adley definitely scored more tries than that. Mm. He scored, I think he scored about 31 in the second division. Mm. So, is it first? Maybe Might be first, first division. division tries. Okay, yeah. that's fine. That, that could make sense. That yeah. could make sense. I can yeah. say, email them. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I get that. Yeah, because sometimes you don't update. Yeah, that, that's okay. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. I just okay. think, you know, in 1991, he scored about 30 odd tries, I think. But obviously, it was second division. So, but yeah, Maybe. okay. Maybe so first division. Yeah. Okay. So, Adrian Adler, 38 tries between 1988 and 1992. The next one is Malcolm Alka. Did he score more or less than 38? <laughs> No, again. Between 97 and 2010. So I mean, uh, I, I know, again, it's, it was the the lower division, wasn't it? Mm. When we were in the championship, he scored a, a, an absolute hatful in that year, but I don't know if we're going to count that. If not, I would say less. Because I just don't... You probably count the championship, but you don't count the second division. Because if it was the championship, then it would definitely be more. Because again, in that 2003, I think he scored yeah. 
loads. I, I, I can't remember, but he did score a hell of a lot of tries, especially for a hooker at that point. Mm. Uh, and he went through a period around then as well, didn't he, where he was he, he was really good for a, a good you know three or four years, top yeah. of his game, and he did. He, I think it was when, I'm trying to think, David Heighton came into the club as well and yeah. put a bit of pressure on him in the hooking role and he, mm-hmm. he switched on. He was, he was really good. So if that's the case, I, I'll have to say higher then. Okay. So you're correct with higher, Parker. Right. So can you guess how many for a bonus point? Higher than 38. 50. 51. Oh. Parker. Close. Well, well. Oh, no cigar, unfortunately. So Malcolm Elker with 51. The next one is Daniel Holdsworth between 2010 and 2013. Did he score more or less than uh, 51? Uh, I, I would... Less, because I think he was more of a creative player than a try score. He did score some. Mm. He, he goals as well, didn't he? He was a half-decent goal kicker. But I would say less, because I think he, his contribution was more setting up tries than scoring them. Yeah, so you would be correct with less. So how many did he score? I'd be surprised if he scored 15. 18. Close again. You're getting good at this. You're in the ballpark, which is all that matters. Next one is Anthony Stewart, Salford winger, between 2004 and 2006. Was it higher or lower than 18? Oh, I'd have to say more. I'd have to say it's higher. Have to. But Tony Stewart. Anthony Stewart, yeah. Yeah, I'd say he played in a pretty poor team, but um, I'd say he scored more. I'd say he'd have to be in, yeah, yeah, he, he scored more than Holdsworth, I would have thought. Yeah. Is that your final answer? Don't forget. Yeah, yeah. Sure. High. Yeah. And his Stewart scored 16. Is that all? Mm. I didn't see many, does it? No. I was shocked by that because I do remember him being a bit of a flyer. I know he yeah. scored right against Castleford. He ran about 80 metres, about eight men. But Yeah, I thought he scored a lot more than that. Mm. That's um, that's interesting. Yeah, he was quite a, quite a talented winger as well. To me. He, was a, he was a good player. Maybe he just didn't get the chance. Maybe that was... Possibly. Like I say, the team at the time, I think, was going through... Transition. Yeah, it was a lot. <laughs> they work like every year. It seemed to be the same way. But that's that's interesting. That I wouldn't have known that. Just yeah, with him being a winger as well. But no, that's uh, that's not many at all, is it? In, nope. in a couple of years. But. Yeah. So right. sixteen for him. Next one is Joel Moon. One season, two thousand and twelve. Did he score more or less than sixteen? Wow. I can't see him scoring more than 16 in a season. He was an unbelievably talented player. One of the, yeah. one of the best we've had in Super League, no, undoubtedly, until he, he another one that got homesick all the way to Leeds. Um, brilliant player. And again, another creative player. I think it was Jody Broughton outside him, or Danny Williams at the time, uh, one of them. And they benefited unbelievably from his skill. I'm going to say he scored less than that because he was only here for a short period. But I dare say he scored eight to ten, something like that. It's less, but it's eleven. Right, so you get okay. one point for that one. So next one is Neil Baines, two 
between 1999 and 2004. Higher or lower than 11? Asher Baines. Again, he scored a few in 2003, I think, in, against, I remember him scoring against Lee, an absolute, but I think it might have been our first try of the season that year in the in, in the league. But he won't have scored many Baines. Uh, I'm going to say he scored less. You'd be correct with less. So how many? I can't. I honestly can't see him scoring more than six. Ten. Ten? Right, well, well done, Baines. Yeah. Well done. Uh, next one is Jason Critchley, 92-93. He played. I think he played sixty odd games in back then. Didn't play, yeah, play he, a lot of games. He, but he was a bit of a flyer, especially mm. when he first came. He, he hit the ground running. Funnily enough, he used to work in the job centre on Fountain Street in town. He used to go yeah. see him at lunch hour. <laughs> uh, yeah, just, just random fact. Uh, yeah, more, more, definitely more. I, I think he's he probably in in one season alone. I think he would have scored sixteen tries mm. at least. Okay, uh, is more. So how many do you think? I'll go 32 in total. I've got 51. Right, that doesn't surprise me. Doesn't surprise you. He was good when he came, Jason. A shame. Again, he's another one. He's, his reputation at the club was tarnished by a, a move to uh, to Keithley at the time. Remember that? I think his face got tarnished by Richard Webster <laughs> at one point as well. He, he certainly did. We don't talk about it. It was a clean tackle. Perfect hit. <laughs> Hmm. Next one is Rob Lewis between 2016 and 2019. Was it higher or lower than 51? It's lower, definitely lower. Definitely, he scored a few, mm-hmm. but uh, definitely lower than that. Correct um, or lower? So, what's the number? Do you know? 20? 35, I've got. Wow. Mm. Wow, that's, that, is, that's, that is impressive. Mm. That is really impressive. I didn't think he'd scored that many. Again, another player who was busy sort of setting tries up more than anything else and yeah. taking a few knocks off the ball. But no, oh, brilliant. I mean, I love Rob Lewis. I thought he was a, a real star for us, one of a cracker. But again, another one who went to Leeds. I'm sure what's going on. Talk about Leeds, ex-Leeds players. Ben Jones-Bishop, 2015. Did he score... More or less than 35? Less. Less. Correct. Less. So, do you I think know he how many? I don't think he scored as many as he should. Did he spend a lot of time out injured? I can't. And again, it should have been more because that team we had, we had a great sort of lineup, but I'd say, I'd say about 13. About 16. Unfortunately, thing is, though, with Ben Jones Bishop, never looked like he was in a rush. No, he was moving quick. Yeah, absolutely. He didn't. He didn't look like he had any pace at all. And yeah, he seemed to go around people. It's yeah, very true. Yeah, I thought that he had a strange running style. Mm. But uh, sadly, it didn't really work for us, did it? No, with with him, he could have been a a worldie, I think. But certain players just fit certain clubs, and he he wasn't for us. That's it. Final one I've got is Joey Lussick. 2018 to 2020. Was it higher or lower than 16? 
Oh, Joey. No, he was a poacher. Mm-hmm. One that he'll never, I'll never forget. One of his tries, the semi-final yeah. against Warrington, mm-hmm. uh, he took us to Wembley. Sadly, not us as fans, but yeah, you know, that pandemic. How many would he have scored? I'm sure he's got about nine in one year, and then next year would he have scored them? And I'm going to say less, but only just. It was more. It was eighteen. Ah, uh, Barsley. So yeah. total. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven points, Parker. Okay. Good, solid seven. Yeah, yeah, I can I, I'll handle that. That's pretty good. That's more than I expected I'd get anyway. Mm. Uh, but he's that, the, the Tony Stewart one's really surprised me. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Just uh, strange how your memory plays, plays tricks, isn't it, at times? He's, he just seems to score a lot, but clearly, clearly not. He was on a... I think at that time, and all we were signing ex Saints wingers. Mm. We had him, Gardner came in, eventually Joey Hayes. Joey Hayes, remember him. There was, there was a few, weren't there, we had from Saints. And I suppose none of them really set the world on fire, did they? No. Francis Melly. Mm. What yeah, it is, maybe we didn't score many, but he scored the ones we did. So it did look feel like he'd scored loads. Oh, or maybe, maybe the ones he did score stand out. Maybe they were just good tries. Maybe. World is. I like that. I enjoyed that. Enjoyed Good that. stuff. Enjoyed that. Hope our listeners enjoyed the fun as well. So now we're going to talk about the game against Swinton. You're listening to Devil in the Detail, and this is your big match review. So we beat Swinton in a friendly at the AJ Bell Stadium, twenty-four points to twenty. Parker. First half, Paul Rowley's first team. Second half, Stuart Wilkinson's reserves. I thought it was a good game for the first team, Paul Rowley's team. Just blew the cobwebs off. Didn't do anything spectacular. Played out the sets and uh, built a good lead. And then second half, the reserves came on and, and showed plenty of heart. And obviously Swinton, a team of better quality and a championship quality. So they did test them. But I think as a whole, I think it was a good workout for everyone. Yeah, well, confession time, first of all. Much to my embarrassment, I, I didn't make the game on Sunday. Hanged head. Yeah, uh, slight missed timing. He, he kicked off half an hour before I expected, and there was no way I was going to make it when I realised. But I did follow it all on, on Twitter, and I've obviously spoken to people since. From what I can sort of gather, it, it was men against boys in the first half, and the same, but in reverse in the second half, where... We throw all our young kids, all our reserves who aren't even academy, learning all the time against a much stronger and more experienced Swinton side who, as we said last week, had already played a couple of friendlies. They've beaten a, a St. Helens select side. So, you know, at St. Helens, so we expected it to be to be fairly tough. I thought it might be from, from you know, just what you get from Swinton. But I don't know. I mean, you, you can tell me, but in the first half, was it? as convincing as it should be? Were we as, as slick, maybe, as you expected? Yeah, I, th- I thought we played some good rugby. I don't think we got out of sort of second gear, but 
Paul Rowley, you know, it's just about blowing out the cobwebs and, and going through the, the, the processes. I thought individually, I thought Oliver Partington was really good, showed some good touches. Ellis Longstaff, try on his debut, he was he was very good for, for me. Like I say, nothing of him. I think Paul said last week, he's you know, he's not he's not built big, but he's he's a good, works hard, enthusiastic, which is what you want in a in your pack. And obviously Brody Croft working his magic, made a couple of tries in the game, and, and that's what you need. You just need your players just to do a bit get loose and then get ready for, for the next game. I thought the tries, Reese Williams won and Ken Seo won, you know, went over in the corner, showed good creativity, putting the wingers over in the corner. Andy Ackers, he went under the post after a lovely break from Brody Croft. Dallas Longstaff took a pass from Brody Croft, spun out of the tackle and scored. And Ryan Bradley scored at the end with a long pass to... I think it was Cancio and then Cancio put him back inside and Bradley went over to score. So, like I say, at 24-0 at half-time, you know, I think Paul Riley was quite happy with, with what, what, what happened. And obviously in the second half with Stuart Wilkinson, he openly admitted that they haven't had enough sort of time as the first team has had to prepare. So it was just like all about just sort of working our tackling, getting out as a team and, and playing what we can and where they are in their sort of process. And he was quite happy with was what was dished up as well. So I think Park is well, which I think is the important thing is we talk about opportunity, don't we? And the whole squad involved and people looking from the outside in will see this and think, you know, Salford give opportunity. So the reserves were allowed to go and play you, Swinton, who are a good side, who promoted to the championship so they have got some good players in that team and test themselves and that's what and that's what it's all about at this stage of the season because obviously the reserves have got a couple of fixtures to come in their division also play a friendly against Hunslet this week so opportunity to build some fitness ahead of that game as well so it was a win-win for everyone really yeah I'm sure Paul Rowley would have loved to have had I think we had five six seven players missing anyway from the first team it'd have been nice to sort of mix them with the younger kids a little bit more and give them more of a chance a bit more experienced heads on the pitch to, to guide them around maybe and, and some of them tries at Swinton end up scoring may not have been scored but at the same point I mean sometimes you just have to throw people in and see what they can do and mm. I, I I spoke to Paul Rowley on Monday Monday evening at the Supporters Trust meeting and he was he was full of praise for the for the young the young lads he couldn't fault their effort and the, the, their attitude and everything else and it's a big step up from where they're at to playing in a game like that and obviously, he wouldn't have wanted them to have scored 20 odd points against us, but that's, I think that's what you get at that level. And, and you know, Swinton have got, they've got a big season coming up. And people are tipping them to be bottom of their league, you know, because it's a tough league they're going into in the Championship. And they've got points to prove to each other. So I think when they've got an half time and seen the score, they're thinking, we're not even, you know, putting up a fight against these. You know, let's go out in the second half, fired up and determined. And then it turns out that they're playing against, lesser you know opposition and that that's going to happen i think that for us he's he's getting the first team running hmm. getting them up and about we only have this and that and, and the wigan friendly this week before we meet lee so i'm sure for as you know as paul Rowley said at the time he, it's he, he was about just like say blowing the cobwebs away and having a run going through what they've worked on in training but not overdoing it not overstretching themselves and we got a result out of it and, and hopefully paul Rowley's come away and with you know, if you, a better idea of what what his team can look like for that first game. Yeah, people who stood out for me for the for the reserves, Stuart Wilkinson's reserves were Toby Hughes, the the, the scrum half. He looked like a busy player. Jack Stevenson, Jack Stevens, sorry, also another another light in that team. Matty Unsworth works hard. He can't yeah. fault his effort, and also Chris Waller thought he was great as well. So lots of positives to, to look forward to. 
Stuart Wilkinson would have seen that and obviously plucking to input, produce more with Hunslet on Friday. So I spoke to Paul Rowley and Stuart Wilkinson in the press conference after the game and this is what they had to say. <laughs> Coach's corner. Just without PC, it wasn't more of a team effort, really. But yeah, I, I was. I, I think we're where we, we need to be. You know, they're, they're, they've all carried the ball today, and they've all tackled. And you know, we've only had a few ball sessions, so we're a little bit behind the first team in terms of what you know what we want to look like. So, in terms of our journey, you know, we were quite satisfied that they just got a game under the belt and, and managed to make some tackles and did some carries. Uh, but yeah, you know, it's really nice to see. Again, you know, just talking to Paul there. Um, these tiny little things within the game, you know, uh, like Billy Wakeley's chase back for the, the try saver, and then what he did after that, that that um, sees the potential of him. How he made another cover cover tackle into the corner. You can see what a great athlete he's going to be. Well, they're only little uh, tiny micro incidents in the game at the moment. So that's where we're at at the moment. Uh, we're happy where we're at. We've, we've carried the ball. We've made some tackles, and everybody's seen the potential of the team. Yeah, obviously, it's often had the opportunity to club in games like this where you know we're allowed to get a chance to play. Uh, we'll sort of send a message out to the other rugby league that come here, you get your opportunity. Well, that's happening already, isn't it? You know, so like the two signings this weekend, that's 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 created a lot of interest, hundreds of miles from here in South Wales, where there's still lots of talent. You know, so and again, if they lived in the northwest, we'd be we'd be fighting, we'd be wrestling with with Warrington and and, and Wigan to try and get them to come to to, to join us. Paul, do you do you get what you wanted out of this this game today? Yeah, definitely. As I said earlier, I just think mainly uh, defensively, we, we we wanted to achieve a few objectives there, which we did, uh, and and be disciplined with the ball. And yeah, so obviously, what would be twenty six nil? I think uh, half time, very dominant in terms of field position. As well, so uh, yeah, we, we we got what we needed. Really, it was uh, you know it was really comfortable for us, but we were we were really uh, really on our game and discipline. Like I say, which is, is probably the key key point as well. So uh, yeah, there, there were there were no uh, real bumps and bruises. We got a little bit of an issue with Andrew Dixon and his hamstring there, so he's probably the only casualty coming out of today, um, and, and that's best we could hope for really in our in our first hit out. So. It'll be uh, a lot more difficult next week and, and more challenging. So uh, you know, it's, but it's good progression from where we've been in training uh, to, to dip our toe in the water today. It would have been tempting to come back out and carry on the good work into the second half. But um, yeah, sometimes the bigger picture is more important, and, that, and the bigger picture for us today was, you know, challenging and and giving our reserves an opportunity and, uh, and and just holding our boys back for next week. Are you where you want to be in increasing now, um, Yeah, yeah, we're, we're all right, give or take. So uh, it's, it's, it's the start, isn't it, of a long journey. So, uh, you know, nobody's going to be doing backflips at this point in the season. Uh, however, I think the main thing is in terms of uh, attitude across the board, we, we've got a really... Uh, Good group with a good attitude and a good mentality, and, and and the culture of the club right down from our boys to Stu's boys is uh, is on point, and and that's something we've all worked very very hard. Or you know you've heard me mention it time and time again, and we'll continue to do so, and we won't let that slip. Yeah, Wigan next week, step up after this. Massive step up, obviously. Uh, they, I think that I think this will be their first proper hit out as well, so. Uh, both teams will, will more than likely go strong, and uh, yeah, it'll be obviously different, a totally different challenge. So a, a fantastic 
uh, team but more importantly a fantastic squad so they'll have plenty of bodies uh, and good bodies at that so it'll be uh, yeah, it'll be, it'll be a tough challenge and, and one that'll, that'll prepare as well for our season Yeah and Stuart your boys play is it home start away? Yeah uh, Obviously what do you take from this game and stuff? Yeah I mean obviously you know next week um, um, you know it's a chance to to, go, to have 80 minutes under our belt so we can start to look at our strategies and how we do things and, and some of our systems that we've inherited from the first team making sure that all those philosophies are, are starting to be nailed down a little bit and we'll speak about that and work on that through the week really so we've got some things we can improve on now um, we, we're inconsistent with some of the first team systems today so it's a, it's a chance for them to, to take it up a notch next Friday and that's what we're hoping to do that was Paul Rowley and Stuart Wilkerson talking to us after the game. And like we said before, Paul Rowley wasn't too excited. He's not too high, not too low. That's one of his sayings. He was sort of happy, like I said, that we, we blew away the cobbers and we and we go we go again. Yeah, that's that's usually Paul's way, isn't it? That's the way he speaks. That's the way he does things. He's no point getting excited in one way or the other. He's, you know, first sort of run out of the season and and a chance to see what he could do. I think. Only having 40 minutes in the legs for the first team, lads, he's, he's, he's not ideal for us. But I think the other thing is that he's got to be careful with only having a small squad. If you overdo it, or if we played too many friendlies, there's a chance you're going to lose more players. And that's that's something we can ill afford. So I think he's got it about right. And it's time now to go back into training uh, for the next couple of weeks and, and just work on the finer points. I know, like I say, we've got to run out this, this Sunday in a testimonial, but... It's more you can do anything in training, and you can look like a world beater. But when you when you put up against an opposition and, and one likes Swinton, who are going to fight against us, I'm sure that Paul's picked up a few things. But he did sound, you know, he's reasonably happy with what he'd seen. I think he got what he expected. Yeah, Stuart Wilkerson was also happy with what his lads produced. He talked about the one percenters, the little margin moments in the game that he saw from his lads, showing that they are willing to go that extra mile. And that, that's the important thing, isn't it? Obviously, if they want to develop as players, they want to be able to do that. And I think he was quite impressed with that. Gave a few examples of, of players doing that one percent extra, which gave him confidence for the season to come. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, I think again this week against Hunslow is another big test for for these lads. So uh, it's interesting to see where they go. But it's all about learning with them, isn't it? You know. And I said last week, and it, I know speaking to Paul Rowley, Stu Wilkinson's a, a brilliant coach, great at what he does, and it, perfect for developing these young lads and giving them giving them all the advice and the chances that they need. And really looking forward to, to seeing them again this year. I know we'll. Hopefully, from what I heard the other night, we'll have a few double headers, maybe. So, a bit I see them, you know, before first team games when we can. And I think that's what they need as well a bit more spotlight on them. Because, it's, again, it's easy when there's five or six people watching you. It's, it's when the pressure's on as well, like it would have been on, on Sunday. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how these young lads develop. But it's good just for them to get a run out. Yeah. Also, talked about two lads from the reserves who've. So got promoted to the first team, Joe Cooper Franklin and Billy Walkley, and how much interest that's produced in in Wales and and people down there on this in news. And, and I suppose it is very exciting for people who see Salford as a pathway into mm. into the game. Yeah, very excited about that too. Well, speaking to to Paul again the other day, Paul Rowley, he he was full of praise for these these Welsh lads. He knows in development terms that they're. they're some of them are, are probably quite a bit behind because they've not been brought through in a, in a rugby league environment. They're not 
they're not rugby league lads and they're learning the game as they go, mixed in with these guys, you know, like Jack Stevens and people like who've been playing the game all their lives, I suppose. But he was full of praise from me. He said their attitude and everything about me. He said they've got all the equipment to go all the way. All the, you just, you just need to learn. And this, you know, again, playing against Swinton on Sunday and, and Hunslet this week gives them that that building block, I suppose, to get better, to be, you know, to learn the game. Because it's all right being an athlete and, you know, whatever else. You might have to build the size, the speed. But it's actually the, the rugby smarts that you need. And that's something they'll only learn by playing the game. So uh, Paul was full of praise for him. And it's a great opportunity now. And hopefully, like you say, I mean, we've said for many years that Wales is a hotbed and could be a hotbed for rugby league. And there's talent down there that they're not all going to play rugby union. Hmm. And it, they're just they're going to waste. We've got that tapped up now. And I think... Like you've just said there, I think other lads will look at that and think, I, I fancy my chances at that. And if Salford come knocking, then I'm I'm going. Yeah. So, yeah, happy. Both coaches, with what each team produced and obviously springboard for bigger and better things to come. So that's our look back at the Swinton win. And now we'll look and see what's happening in the world of Salford Red Devils. So, Parky, we'll start with the big news about Brodie Croft and allegedly Australian clubs coming in for him. Yeah, well, all I can say is few at the moment. St George have obviously come in and spoke with him and his agent or whatever, and and offered offered money to us. And I'm actually so proud. I mean, we're not out of the woods yet. Anyone could come back and try again, but I'm so proud of our club for turning them down, knocking them back, and saying. If you want him, you pay us what he's worth. Because too many times in the past, and not under this regime, but previous regimes, that we've just we just sort of taken it. And teams have come in and poached our best players, and off you go. You know, we mentioned before doing the try thing about the amount of players that have gone off to other clubs. I woke up this morning reading that, and I was a bit a bit shocked because I'm waiting on the news of Brodie Croft signing a new deal at Salford, <laughs> and, then, and then I read, hang on a minute, he, he's nearly gone to St George. And he, I mean, I won't put it. I've got no problem with it if he goes. You know, the, the guy's an amazing player and should be playing NRL. He should be playing at the top. But it'd be absolutely devastating for us. Mm. Two weeks before the season starts, we'd find it hard to replace him anyway. But in that time, no, I don't think so. And I think, I think rightly, Paul King and Ian Bleeds and whoever else was involved have, have, have looked at the money involved and gone, no, it's not enough for us to let this guy go. And I hope now... Brody's seen that, seen the determination the club have shown. He's trying to keep him and he can maybe put his name on a piece of paper and say, yeah, I'm going to stay. Because I was reading the other day that he loves it here. And, you know, his family loving it here and, and he'd love to go on and win something with us or, or whatever. So, but it, it was a shock. It really was a shock this morning. But let's just hope we can keep fending him off. Yeah, I think it was important, like you said, that the bid was rejected, like you said, because two weeks before the season where you're going to find somebody who's half as good as Brodie Croft. It's going to cost you mega money to prize someone out of it. So I think it was a correct, the correct decision. Obviously, he's got 12 months to run on his, his current contract, <laughs> which is, I suppose, is a, is a problem if he doesn't sign a new one at the end of it. <laughs> so I suppose, like you said, the Brains Trust have decided, obviously, to reject it and, and hope that down the line he sign and he doesn't leave for nothing in 12 months time hopefully he won't do um, hopefully you know the, the deal can be done 
how we could build a team around him because he's so important to us, Parky. But it is, I suppose, the the, the, dark, the the bad side of being an opportunity club that you give someone that opportunity, he goes above and beyond what you expect. And then somebody with more money comes in and says, we'll take him off your hands. But this time we've said no, which is which is progress for me. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we started with Jack Cole, didn't we? The same, the same sort of thing. A guy who was cast aside in the NRL and nobody was going to touch him with a barge pole and, and Ian Blees brought him over. And, well, the rest is history, isn't it? We don't need to, you know, don't need to bang on about that. But, I mean, it'd been very easy for us to take the money. But clearly, we're a club without any. We've got a small squad. We could have had two, three players for the money we, we, they were offering. But you... You don't replace a player like Brody Croft that easily. Mm. And to replace him would have cost him more, cost us more than we were getting. So it's kind of a in many ways it's a no-brainer, but that money could have they could have easily justified it by saying we've took the money because it say it could save the club for another twelve months. You know, we we're gonna go out now and sign a couple of players from the championship or maybe someone from another Super League club, but it'd have been devastating. Devastating for us as fans and, and the club. I'm sure the team as well. So I think the team are now used to him being the main man in that team and you don't want to be upset anything. And the players are going to look and go, well, where's the ambition? What's What are Salford standing for at the moment? They're willing to just let the best player go every time. They're not going to progress. And with Brodie Croft in that team, with with the back line that we've got, and certainly now with the addition of the forwards we've had in the last sort of 12 months, there's real progress and there's a chance for us now to actually become that regular top six team that we want to be. But you do need a Brody Croft in there. You need that one special player who's going to do that. Them, them little things that we saw last year, certainly to the back end of the season. I mean, he was he was unplayable at times. Yeah, but we're, we're a club that's growing. We're not a club that, that's hanging on and trying to be trying to save for the next twelve months. We're a club in every department, growing and getting bigger. So to to keep Brody Croft is is a step in that direction. So I think it's great. I think the, the problem is, is that I think, I'm not sure who it is. I think, is it an Uddersfield winger or a Settlers winger that's going to the NRL? And a lot of talk about whether there's enough talent in our, in our sport and how we keep the talent and stop them going to Australia or into rugby union. And I think that's a, that is a problem. So I suppose if we can manage to keep all of Brodie Croft, it would be a real shot in the arm for, for Super League too. Yeah, well, we've said this for a long time about players leaving leaving our sport or certainly leaving Super League. And there's an argument of of salary cap. You know, does it need raising? Well, not in our case, no, because we don't reach the salary cap now. So what we all that would do would we make Wigan, Saints, Leeds, Warrington, Hull, you know, Catalan, Huddersfield spend more and have more, and those that don't won't be able to compete. And I think that would. I think that would upset the sport even more because you, you would have a, a two-tiered top league and that's not going to work. I know that's probably what you know people are looking for, but I, I, don't, I don't know if that's quite the right way. But there's got to be a way of keeping all the talent. I'm not really sure what that is, like said, unless it is money. But some of the, it is some of the younger lads that are going. Some have seen the success of certain players who've gone over to, to, certainly over to Australia and earned good money, but it doesn't work for everybody. And they've got to be very careful because some of these players are only just making the mark in Super League. Yeah. To try the NRL is a massive step. And uh, I don't know what the answer is, but but for me, there's so many players in Australia already. You know what I mean? We've got Brodie Croft, we've got Tim Lafayette who can't get games or couldn't get games over there. You, you can't 
kind of think what they were hard players for. But uh, no, for me, I think I think the club have done the right thing. They've already obviously offered him a contract. We don't know the ins and outs. We never will. It's not it's not for us to know. But we wouldn't be able to compete with Saint George on wages. That's that's an absolute you know definite or any NRL team because of the, the the salary cap over there and the fact that they can raise the funds. The only thing that would put Saint George off, obviously, is is the asking price and then having to pay him. Uh, he might be on two, three hundred thousand uh, dollars on top of a couple of about two hundred fifty thousand dollar, you know, signing on fee. Is it worth it when they've got players over there? I don't know. So no, good, good on us, good on us. And I, I, what I would do now is try. I'm not going to anyway. Should get hold of him, get him under contract, and say if you want him, you're going to have to break the bank. Yeah, because yeah. we we don't want to let him go. Mm-hmm. The player was thinking about was called Lewis Murphy, plays for Wakefield. Wakefield. It's in the NRL. Well, they're trying to get into the NRL. But like you said, they've got a, three times the size of our salary cap, so they could throw 80, 100 grand at somebody and, and they'll they'll walk straight there. Because like you said, it's a, it's a numbers game, isn't it? Unfortunately. It will help the game as a whole because they'll go to Australia and they'll get better and they'll bring it back. But as a as a clubs in the Super League, you want to keep your talent, don't you? So that's an interesting... Situation there now, the RFL, the Super League clubs managed to stave off these Australian clubs that look at our players and think, oh, we'll, we'll take him for X amount. But is it just about knowing where you are in the food chain, possibly? Yeah, I mean, obviously, Murphy, Kai Pierce, Paul, Will Price, Uddersfield, all going to the, the NRL. That, that will scare people. Mm. But it's our job as well then to produce more players. Of that quality, and they, they will be there, and opening up new avenues like we're doing in Wales, and giving these these kids, the talents there. You know, will you know rugby league's been producing great players for hundred odd years, hundred thirty odd years, or whatever. You know, it's it's what we do, so it's no need to panic like that. But I, I do understand people's frustration when some of the better better players do leave our league. But maybe that's like you say, it's just where we are in the food chain. Unfortunately, it's where Super League sits, mm-hmm. and even if. Even if you raise the salary cap, you know, to I don't know three million, you're still not going to compete with the the Aussies. They're still going to come in and buy your best players. So unless you're on a level par, which we'll never get to because we can't afford that. Mm. I don't I don't see where the you know I don't see where the uh, the outcome is. Yeah, but if you if you raise, you raise your salary cap to three million quid, so for that going to get any, I mean, it's still going to pay this what they are now. It's yeah. just extra, you know, numbers on a on a piece of paper somewhere that we could spend up to three million quid, but yeah. we're only going to spend whatever one point two or whatever because that's all we can afford. Yeah, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I'm thinking more of the the, the big players, shall we say? You know, Warrington could easily get there with their, the backers and so on, but again. It wouldn't stop the NRL coming poaching the best players because mm. they'll still offer more. So, how where, where do you go until you're on you know level? And that's what IMG have got to come in and do and try and get us somewhere near that with sponsorship. And you know, I, I, I learned I learned on Monday night about the TV deal this year. Uh, it's quite frankly embarrassing. Is um, the clubs get nothing really. I know in recent years it was was it. 20-odd grand for a Thursday and 15 for a Friday game. That doesn't happen this year. Wow. That's not happening. Not getting anything. So, 
you know, who's, who's coming up with these deals? And that's what needs sorting out at the top of the game and get more money into the Super League and into the Championship to help us keep producing and then keep hold of these players. That's the only way. That's for another. That's for that's a rant for another show, I think. Yeah. Uh, other news, which we mentioned before, Joe Coop Franklin and Billy Walkley promoted to the first team. We talked last week, didn't we, about whether 28 players in a squad was big enough or not. Answers, no, 30 is bigger. Yeah, and, and who knows where they can go. You know, and again, this year they're going to be learning. They're training with the first team now. They'll pick up more. I mean, can you imagine these kids who have just come into this squad and they're, they're next to Brodie Croft, the man of steel, you know, the best player in the league, the experience of someone like Mark Snead in there and, and, and Callum Watkins and Tim Laffey and, you know, Kenny Seagull. People, what a boost it must be for them. And they'll, they'll, they'll see that and they'll get their heads down and, and train hard and work hard and hopefully at some point this season, it may have come too soon, but can contribute in some way to, to the team. It'd be good to get a, a decent sort of cup draw somewhere, you know, a, a, a lower league team where we can give them a, a real run out with with certain members of the first team, rather than like we said about the other the, the second half last week, where you just throw all the kids on together. It's difficult for them to give them a chance to play alongside some of these players. But it's, it's great news, great news that we now see that the fruits of the labour already coming through. Yeah, I talked to Paul Rallo about it in the press conference today and he mentioned the fact that these lads aren't for now, they're for end of the season, possibly getting the next season. I think I think it's Coop Franklin's injured. I think he, he pulled his hamstring or tear his hamstring on Sunday. So he's, yeah. he's out for a bit. Billy Walker, I think he's playing in the reserves on Friday at Hunslet. So like I say, it's all about development, it's all about learning and like I say, being around the first team, training with them bring them on leaps and bounds and end of the season, beginning of next season, Paul Rowley thinks that they can do a good 20 minutes. He has no qualm about putting them on, which is what it's all about, being an opportunity club. You've, you've got the pathway there and we're seeing it work. Next bit of news is tickets for Warrington away are available. Don't forget, the club get I think it's 25% if you buy the ticket of the AJ Bell. So important, obviously, the way the world is at the moment and obviously all the clubs wanting that a little bit extra is if you are going to Warrington, make sure you get down to the AJ Bell and purchase your ticket there. Club benefits and the more the merrier. Yeah, Paul King was mentioning it again the other night. Very important, you know, what all we're doing is, if you if you're going straight to the the, the ground and buying it from from the, the home team on the day, it's just dead money for us, you know, dead money for you, really. Give it, give it our club twenty five percent of every ticket. I mean, I mentioned it last week, but can you imagine the if everybody of the what four thousand, five thousand, whatever turned up at Saints had all bought them from our club? Yeah, and we all got you know we got a percentage. I mean, if we did that every week, the club would be a lot lot better off. Um, you know, we need, we don't get great home support. We know that that's something we've got to grow. Although, I know you, you spoke to Ian Blees, didn't you? And he's, he's mentioned that season ticket sales are up, which is brilliant. We don't know by how much. We don't, I don't understand, you know, I don't know the numbers. And then, I, again, we don't need to. But if you can buy your tickets for the away games from from the club, it's just going to boost our coffers for, for what we might miss out on 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 home games and certainly I mentioned again last week about the, the whole KR game being on a Thursday night same night as United are playing Barcelona it's all on TV they're not going to think but we, you know that that's going to be a, a tough one to sell so we still so we need money coming in so the more it can buy for the league game the Warrington game from the club 
the better off we're going to be to try and balance them books. Yeah, obviously, Ian Blees did say it up. Didn't, didn't give us actual numbers, but I didn't expect him to. I don't expect him to say, yeah, 865 up, because I like, how, how do you know that off the top of your head? But I think it was good. I think, obviously, people have, have started to jump on the, the Sulphur Red Devils bandwagon, and that's and that's important. Obviously, moving forward, we need bigger crowds, more season tickets. Like I said, get into Warrington or anywhere you game, get yourself down the club and uh, purchase your tickets there. Next bit of news, Supporters Trust, you went to the meeting on Monday, Parker. They have answers with Paul Rowley and Paul King. What was it like to fill us in? Yeah, I wasn't actually at the ADM, as I hadn't actually paid my membership by that point. <laughs> I, had, I had by the end of the night, don't worry about that, I am mm. now fully all paid up member, as I should be. Very embarrassing. No, it, it, it was really good. Paul Rowley's nothing if not honest. A real, I mean, he's an entertainer when he talks. You know, he's, mm. he's got he's got the bands, but uh, just a, a quality rugby league man. You know, he loves the sport. You can tell when he talks about it. And his his ideas for the game itself, not just about soccer rugby, league, about rugby league in general. And he's got some fantastic ideas. And and he thinks I think he thinks along the same lines as me. So maybe he's I don't know. Maybe that's not a great thing. I don't know. But he, he's, you know, the way he wants to play rugby, he wants to get back to the. The skillful players winning the games, not these big, you know, six foot eight brutes that are just just big solid blokes like you know Bradford were in the two thousand early two thousands. He wants players to be able to play. He wants halfbacks to to have skill about them, centres to be able to do a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but overall, no, it was great to listen to him. Like I say earlier, he spoke about the you know the, the new lads coming into the squad, and he I asked him about obviously the World Cup and everything about how did that affect. You know, and he said at times they had seven or nine players turning up at training. You know, it must be difficult because it's it's taken away from his pre-season, so all that started slowly. And but he was happy with the progress that everybody made. And, and overall, just it was just a really good chat with him. He's very open, and he had no great revelations about anything. Obviously, he said he'd like more players, but that's obvious. Of course, he would. But he's very happy with what he's got, and he he, he knows it's a very talented, you know, talented bunch of players. Yeah, he's very black and white for me. Yeah. He tells you how it is, uh, and he doesn't deviate from from what what the question is, and he doesn't like with Richard Marshall. For me, he was a bit more of a philosophizer. He just, mm-hmm. but Paul Rowley's not like that. He just this is this is the question. That's the answer done, and that and that's that's great because obviously I think. Obviously, players need to know where they stand, don't they? So, if you've got yeah. a coach who's straight down the line, you'll say, This was good, this was rubbish. You know where you stand, don't you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's what comes across with him. That's why I like what he says. He, he He's not trying to butter us up, he's not trying to say, Oh, with this, with that, we can do that. You know, he's being honest. He knows he knows how difficult it is, how, how difficult it's going to be this season. He's not going to, you know, gloss over anything, but he's still full of hope and ambition that. The top six is ours, you know, if we play to what what we can do. He knows what talent we've got. But he is, he is, he is very black and white, but he's funny. He's, he's very funny. I can see why the players, I know at the end of last year, he was on Channel 4 and they were trying to, they were interviewing the players and asking, you know, sometimes they don't really know what he's going on about, something like that. He's definitely got a sense of humour about him and he's, he, you know, I think he's been a bit dry at times. I asked him about Lee and their new branding. Obviously, being a Lee lad as he is, and he's, you know, he's very proud of his own town, and he swerved the question very well. I don't think he was overly impressed with the new branding, but 
he's got a lot of love for Lee. I asked him about winning winning at the sports village is something we don't do. Mm. And he reminded me that it's him that's beat us. <laughs> uh, so he knows. He knows all about that place. And he's saying how intimidating it can be, you know, that big stand behind the sticks and all that kind of thing, how they use the crowd, get the players going. And so he knows all their tricks and so on. But no, brilliant, great to, great to listen to him. And then and then Paul King came up and had, had a few words. He, uh, I, I obviously, I don't know how much we, we can... Sort of divulge, but he was again very open as he is. I mean, anyone who spoke to Paul King knows, you, you know, you're getting it straight. There's no, there's no waffle. Mm. He's uh, he is straight to the point. Obviously, the stadium. He spoke about the car parking thing that's come in that the club knew nothing about until about a week ago. Nobody had told them. Nobody had spoke. So that's being negotiated at the moment, and hopefully something will change. So basically, watch this space, but we don't, we don't fully know, and the stadium. The big, the big sticking point. He he's looking, or the club are looking to put a statement out in the next. He said seven to ten days. We we don't know. There's still a lot to go on. A lot of a lot of work going on behind the scenes. But it appears that the the Seb Gerrard thing is dead in the water. Um, not sure Seb was, from what I can make out, was really interested in the rugby club at all, and was more interested in the stadium. If he'd have got the stadium. Maybe he might have invested. Maybe not. We don't. We don't know. But Paul King had spoke to him only a few times, and I don't think Paul really got the impression that he was he was overly interested. So, but about the stadium, you know, it's in case you just watch this space, and that's what it is. I suppose. Obviously, you know, we'll have to wait and see. But I think having him involved in that process gives me confidence that we will get the result which we require. Because obviously that's what he does. He negotiates, and that's that's a that's a thing that you know we want. We want to come out of the deal strengthened more than we are now. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned more lane and and the whole fact that we would have had to sort of pay, buy out Gary Neville's lease on it or whatever it is, and everything, and all the work that needed it. And it's something like nine million pounds. Now, if we had nine million pounds, we wouldn't be looking to move in the first place. So, you know. It, it was a non-starter that the whole car parking issue around there, I think, so, and you know, a no-go really for us. And and the other thing is AMG. Mm. How would they and, and the Super League look upon us at, at, at Moor Lane? You know, the, the AJ Bell is a much better facility, isn't it? Let's be honest, and it, it's what modern sport is about. Whether we you know love it or loathe it, but no, Paul was very very matter of fact, very honest, as I say. But he sounded optimistic. And that's all. That's all we can hope for. And like you've just said there, with Paul at the helm, he's he's you know he's going to do his best for us. He'll look at all options. He will, you know he's not going to just settle for the first one, but he can only really play with the cards he's dealt. And we you know we've got to be very careful where we tread. But I think I think good things will come out of this now. He's got ice. He's got ice in his veins though. He's not going to blink first. That's for sure. Yeah, he, he is. He is a very cool character. Mm. Yeah. He was honest, like I say, and he mentioned obviously about the support, about you know we need obviously need the money to come in. I think something's going to happen. Some some more stuff's going to come out about the 150 club and and that kind of thing. So, but yeah, all all good. Lots of stuff to to look forward to. And then on the trust itself, obviously there was talk of the upcoming 150th celebration. Unlimited, very very limited tickets available now. I believe they just got like one last batch of. 20 or something. So if you do want to go, obviously, contact Shirley Bradshaw. Um, I'm sure Dennis Riley will be able to help as well. 
or anyone at the trust. Because it sounds like it's going to be a good night. Yeah, just make sure you get the time right, like somebody else who didn't at a recent event. <laughs> yes, yes, knew that. <laughs> Other news, Touch Rugby, Eccles College on a Tuesday night, Solver Devils Foundation and the NQ Rebels, 7 to 8. It's very, I've seen pictures park it and a good turnout. Very impressed. Lots of people getting involved, which is great. Obviously, keeps you fit and you're playing the best game in the world. Yeah, and this is a social aspect as well, isn't it? I mean, a lot of people, unfortunately, at the moment, probably don't have, you know, the, the, the spare cash going around or anything like that to keep you know, nip to the pub and see your mates or, or whatever. You know, whatever it is. Mm. Um, and it's no good being sort of stuck in the house. I can tell you that. Uh, but yeah, it's the... It's a, it's a great thing. Yeah, it does look like a lot of fun. And it's good that people are taking it up. And hopefully when I'm 100% fit, it's something that I'm going to look to look to do, along with wheelchair rugby and everything else. Uh, yeah. I, don't I, don't, I don't think I'll ever get right. But yeah, it's, it, is, it is a good thing. And I know that, again, like I say, it's well organised, isn't it? This, the, you know, the, the, the people who are running it are, know what they're doing. So it's, it's a bit of fun. Heather Robinson will be there now. You can hear the wheels off the path as sure. she's wheeling that wheelchair towards the front door. We had to, uh, to get involved. I'm sure she'll, uh, she'll rope me in eventually. <laughs> I'm sure. So, uh, last bit of news, Parker, uh, which was broke tonight, that there is a new club website. I think it looks really good uh, for me. Mozak Digital Media and the club co- cooperating on it. Uh, it looks sharp, looks professional. Lots of information on it. And I think it'll be good. We've talked about before how important it is to get ourselves out there uh, and having a good website really helps your sort of reach out to the real world. Well, that's that's the window to the, to the world, really, isn't it? That and, and, and social media. Um, you've got to have a really strong website. Uh, sometimes I think uh, the last one maybe didn't work totally for us in terms of navigation and that kind of thing. So these guys are the experts at what they do. Uh, I had a brief look uh, earlier on. Looks fine. You know, looks easy enough to, to sort of get around. So, um, yeah, it's, it is important to, to have a, a website. I, I thought a few years ago, I thought people were putting too much emphasis on that, but that's the way it's gone, you know, and that's, that's what we need. And it's the first place you're going to look. You know, if you yeah. want to know who to play next or, you know, how much he's going to be or, or whatever else that's that's where you're going to head so it's got to be sharp it's got to be easy um so yeah good good news and it, it went on behind the scenes nobody knew we were doing this did they? so uh, and then also it's launched so. yeah i think not the important part of the website is keeping it up to date really and having sort of your contact details because people will go to the website to try and contact the club so as long as there's sort of contacts available for people to to engage and also have information on there and stories i know there's a story from from david clegg doing a sort of five or six different things on there which and he, he produces some quality stuff doesn't he so it's well worth a read that so yeah very impressed hopefully more to come yeah content's important like you say david clegg knows he's i mean what he don't know about salt and not really worth knowing is it let's be honest he's been there and seen it all. I don't know at the moment it's got one on, I think, with with Alan Grice. Yeah, that's uh, it. From the 70s. A really nice bloke, Alan Grice. He'll have some great stories. So, yeah, that, that kind of thing, just to keep, you know, like you said, keep it updated, keep things fresh. And and I think I think people will learn a lot more about the club. New fans that go on, you know, they can, the history, especially this year with it being 150 years, 
so yeah, content. I'm sure I'm sure the club will be happy if somebody wants to provide some somewhere along the lines. But uh, yeah, no, it's good. It's good to see. Yeah. So that's all the news parking now. See what's happening in the world of rugby league with White Sides World of Rugby League. Here is this week's Devil in the Detail amateur report and World of Rugby League. First one of the 2023. Been away for a while and away from Rugby League, really, and need to get back into it now. And we've got plenty going on. So we'll start off with the Youth and Junior Leagues. There's been a lot of action in the Bala National Youth Cups. There were some results at the weekend just gone in the under-14s. Folly Lane 4, Shevington Sharks Reds 54, Oldham St. Anne's Goals 12, Waffbrow Hornets 18. And the second round draw is as follows. In the under-18s, these ties are all going to be played on the 12th of February. Under-18s, it's Saddleworth Rangers against Featherstone Lions. Siddall against Folly Lane or Rochdale Mayfield. Salford City Roosters are home to Hull Wyke. Waterhead Warriors versus Shawcross Sharks. In the under-16s, Salford City Roosters have got Stanley Rangers. Limehurst Lions will face Rochdale Mayfield. In the under-14s, Lee Minor Rangers or Wakefield Hawks will play Rochdale Mayfield. Folly Lane or Shevington Sharks are at home to Waterhead Warriors. Oldham St. Anne's Goals or Waffrow Hornets will be at home to Kells. Salford City Roosters have got Birkenshaw or West Hull. And uh, that concludes it. So that's the uh, the Bala National Youth Cups uh, getting it underway. In the French Rugby League, we've got the French this time. I know we have the Aussies as well last season. I'm going to bring the French Rugby League into our world of rugby league this year because I think it's a really interesting league that over in France. Um, so, yeah, the results... Uh, this this weekend just gone. Alby 20, Pierre 34, Avignon 16, Lemu 23, Lesignon 44, Toulouse 16, St. Gaudens 6, Carcassonne 24, Villeneuve 22, St. Este of Catalan 18. So, the Elite League 1, Lemu are top with 11 wins from 13 matches and level second, uh, sorry, joint top is Carcassonne with 11 wins from 13 matches, then follow Lesignon. So, uh, it's three points a win and a bonus point for a loss by 12 points or fewer in the, uh, in the French Rugby League. Well, moving on to the Challenge Cup, the Betfred Challenge Cup uh, match between Edinburgh Eagles and Saddle Rangers has been selected for uh, live BBC coverage. That game will be uh, a week on Saturday, the 11th of February. It's going to be on the BBC iPlayer and the BBC Sport, I think it's website that's on. Um, the draw for that round... Saturday, the February the 11th, the games are Brent Wood Eels against Bedford Tigers, a 1.30 kick-off. British Army against Ashton Bears. Uh, Dissington against Oral St. James. Doncaster Tollbar against the RAF. Edinburgh Eagles face Saddleworth Rangers. Featherstone Lions at home to the Great Britain Police. Fryston Warriors against Thornhill Trojans. Hammersmith Hill Hoist against Dublin City Exiles. Hull Dockers place Ronda Outlaws. London Chargers are at home to North Hearts Crusaders. The Royal Navy have got Barrow Island. Skirlaw face West, Way- West, Wo- West Warriors. Sorry, uh, Stanley against Milford, West Bowling against Waterhead, Westgate Common against Crossfields, and Wigan St. Pat's are at home to Inns Bridge. There's a couple of matches on the Sunday. It's Hewith against Alton Raiders and Jarrow Vikings against the Might and Warriors. So the Challenge Cup, the Holy Grail of Rugby League, getting underway. So we'll keep you, you know, up to date with those first round fixtures. Uh, a Saturday week, we'll keep you up to date with those. In Student Rugby League, there's a couple of fixtures this week taking place on Wednesday. So by the time you've heard this, these games have probably been played. It was Manchester against Salford. That's in. Tier 2A of the Northern Division. Bangor plays Manchester Met as well in that division. In the College Rugby League, Salford Red Devils are at home to Castleford Tigers and the Salford Red Devils are away to Wigan and Lee. 
And finally this week, we'll just have a look at some of the pre-season matches that were played over the weekend just gone. Salford Red Devils beat Swinton Lions 26 points to 22. A very close game that Salford led 26 0 at half time and then completely changed the team uh, to a, a younger side and they lost the second half 22 0. But a great effort from, from both sides, really. Swinton's uh, campaign starts this weekend in uh, in the Championship. I'll give you the fixtures for the Championship shortly. Uh, Wakefield 24, Featherstone Rovers 12. Uh, there was a game on Friday night at the Totally Wicked Stadium. I think this was a testimonial game. I can't remember who it was for. But this game finished 16-12 uh, uh, to, to St. Ellis. Very close game. Saints led 12 minutes at the break. But a good fight back from Witness in the second half. Good crowd there as well. Almost 6,000 for that one. And Witness, are they going to be dark horses for the championship? Nobody's really mentioned them. But, uh, you know... Got some good, they've always got good young players at Widnes, and I fancy them to do well in that championship. Barrow Raiders, they beat Wigan 26 points to 14. In the Law Cup, Oldham against Rochdale, this was a cracking match. Oldham won it 18 points to 14. Rochdale Hornets did lead in that game, 8-0, and, uh, and Oldham came back to, uh, to to snatch that one in the end. Quite a few ex-Alford players on, on show uh, there for uh, for both sides. Uh, Lee Rhinos 24, Bradford Bulls 10, Headingley Stadium, that was on Sunday. Sheffield Eagles 36, Doncaster 24, another pre-season game. And there's a couple more to tell you about. Hunslet 12, Batley Bulldogs 20, Whitehaven 4, Castleford Tigers 38. So this week's fixtures are some pre-season games, but the Betfred Championship starts on Saturday the 4th of February. This game is live on the Owl League app. It's Barrow Raiders against Toulouse at 3 o'clock. There's some pre-season games as well. Warrington Wolves face Lee Leopards in the Ben Curry Testimonial at half past five. Workington Town play Bradford Bulls. In the Championship on Sunday the 5th, it's Bradford against Whitehaven. They're all 3 o'clock, these. Halifax against Sheffield. London against Batley Bulldogs. Swinton are at home to Newcastle Thunder. York City Knights face Widnes Vikings. There's some pre-season games as well. Cast Tigers play Huddersfield Giants in the Nathan Massey Testimony at half past three. Hawkingston Rovers play Leeds Rhinos at three o'clock. Wakefield play Hull FC in the David Topless Memorial Trophy at two o'clock. And it's Sam Powell's Testimonial at Wigan between Wigan and Salford. That's a three o'clock kicker. One game on Monday night in the Championship, Monday the 6th of Feb. That's Keith Cougars against Featherstone Rovers and that is a 7.45 kickoff. That's all I've got for you this week. Take care and I'll see you at Wigan on Sunday. So that was Whitesides World Rugby League. Not here tonight, keeping Britain warm. Hopefully he'll uh, be back uh, next week. Um, so now let's uh, look forward to both games uh, this weekend. It's time for the Devil of the Details. So start with the reserves. They travel to Hunslet on Friday. Paul, obviously Stuart Wilkinson's boys, obviously after 40 minutes against Swinton, looking for a full eight to, and to get the gears going. Yeah, another step. I've got some 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 decent, I don't know what the word is really, but pros who have been around the game, they, you know, they'll, they'll test these lads and they'll give them a, and it's, it's a big, you know, big game for, for Unslet in many ways, you know, they, they've got to get their season started well, so they'll, they'll, they'll put out a full team and have a real go at us. Another test for these kids to see just what they've got. I, I think it's a great chance. I, You know, the, the more you mentioned it tonight, the more I think, oh, I won't mind going to that. But I can't see me travelling to the South League Stadium on a Friday night to watch to watch the reserves. I'm not sure. I'm not sure it's the best use of, of my time uh, for a friendly. I think it's angry um, for I would, I would like to see how they go. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm really keen on watching these lads. I want to see what the, you know, how good they are and how much they've come on since last year. You know, but if it had been, a, you know, the AJ Bell, I'd, I'd have definitely gone down and, and watched it. But a bit, bit too much. I, I'm, 
I've done daft things before, but at Carlisle towards the 18, that's mm. just stupid. But uh, no, it is a big test. And uh, again, Stu Wilkinson will learn more about his lads and they'll learn more off him. And, uh, and like I say, playing against sort of chiselled old pros at times as well yeah. is a massive step for them. And uh, yeah, I just, I just wish them well. I hope they just, you know, come through it, learn a few things and uh, get prepared for the season now. And, and everybody stays, you know, fit. And who knows, these lads that play on Right, might feature later in the season. Yeah, so big, big steps. Yeah, Rob Warrenty plays for Hunslet now, and he's uh, he's got some tries behind him. So, like you said, it'll be a good test for these young lads. I know Nathan Taylor played after his injury on on Sunday, so he's back in action. England University um, mm. student there, you know, got some good, good players there as well as Toby Hughes. Like I said before, Jacob Lee, you know, the big sort of second role. There's, there's players who. Like you said, Parky, if, if they get you know game time and, and continue to develop, Paul Rowley will you know may give them an opportunity, and that's what that's what it's all about. And obviously, if you want to give Parky a lift, don't forget just to tweet him, and he'll let you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So like let's talk about the the main event Sunday. Sam Powell's testimonial. We play Wigan at Wigan, and obviously after Sunday's game against Swinton, step up in quality there. Oh, undoubtedly, they Wigan looked. They they were good last year, weren't they? They they went so far. My for a while they were my favourites to win the league last year, and all they fell away in a, in a very poor game against Leeds in the in the uh, in the playoffs. But you know what you're going to get from Wigan, don't you? It doesn't really matter what side you put out, especially at home. They don't lose at home, very, very rarely. And it, the other thing for, for us is that with the reserves playing on Friday, a lot of them won't be available for Sunday. So we're just going to have to stick with the bare bones of what we've got. Mm. Um, so some of our players will get big minutes this week. Obviously, I don't know. we don't know the outcome from last week as to if anybody's you know going to miss out, picked up a knock or anything like that. We're not 100% on that. But so it's a big test. A really big test, but these this is Super League now. You know, they, they, we're going to meet them late in the season, so it's, it's you know it's a good it's a good chance to test ourselves, see how far we've come. Because, like I say, we we don't have a great record at Wigan anyway, and I know this is only a friendly, but it'd be nice to see if we've made some some advance and can put them under a bit of pressure. It'd be interesting to see how strong both teams go because mm. Wigan, I think, played Barra last week and lost <laughs> the scratch team there. We played 40 minutes against Swinton, so it'd be interesting to see. Obviously, with two weeks to go to the to the first game of the season, whether both teams will play a strong side or, and sort of bring people on, or whether they'll play, you know, want the more minutes for the strong team. Be interested to see what happens both teams because obviously, like you said, we're you know, running short of bodies at the moment, it sounds like, so we won't be one of the risking uh, our important players if we can. Yeah, it's a tough one really, isn't it, for us? Because obviously Paul would want to get the players having a run out, Paul Rowley, but then he, he doesn't want injuries, but then you've got players with injuries, so other players are going to very tough situation already at this, this early stage. But we just got to hope that we can come through it you know, with a clean bill, really. The result is is irrelevant at the end of the day. It's all about Sam Powell's day, isn't it? And raising a bit of money, I'm sure. Sure, he's got a charity to go to as well. So, you know, best luck with that. Um, one interesting thing to look out for on Sunday will be the referees used to have a green card. All right. I'm led to believe it's being brought in for the Super League season. He 
asked, and, and Wigan have also asked if it can be used on Sunday for the first time, which is for when a player's injured, but, you know, I, I, they don't want to go off or what. It's a, it's a very strange, convoluted idea. I've not, I'm, I couldn't really get my head around the whole reason for it and what the need is, but it, it's to do it, it, Obviously, if a player goes down injured, the referee can pull out the green card. I'm presuming he can be he can be subbed for for no reason, you know, without actually using a sub or or whatever. If it's a head injury, I'm not, I don't want to sure, but it's so. If you see a referee pull out a green card, don't don't think he's just gone mad. It is a Super League referee. There's every chance he has gone mad. Mm. But uh, yeah, so it's just something that was mentioned the other night. I'd have to do a bit more reading up on it. I should have done really. It's not very good. But yes, green cards. Think I, I, I've not done uh, first thing, first time time I've heard of that, Parker. I know it don't create aren't green cards in America, whether whether they're allowed to stay or not. But <laughs> I suppose it's it's not that. But yeah, yeah I, I don't really. We'll have to wait and see how it plays out because obviously teams all look for advantages, don't they, in different ways. And if a sort of player stays down for that extra 20, 30 seconds, gives you extra 20, 30 seconds of oxygen what? in the lungs, done it. So whether waving a green card at somebody gets them off the field any quicker is a, is a, is a thing. But we'll have to see. This, this was the, the thing that Paul Rowley wasn't impressed with. He doesn't like the idea, whereas Matty Peter would apparently is a fan. Is that it's he, as Paul put it, it's the 79th minute of a game, it's all square. Mark Sneed goes in, gets tackled, but decides to stay down. Mm. The referee then can let him come away from the play of the ball, but still stay on the pitch and join the line. Drop goal. So then he's in position to take the drop goal. Yeah. And Paul thinks that Paul Rowley thinks he could be misused, which. Yes, he definitely could. And he's also, you know, obviously mentioned about players feigning injuries. We saw it last year with, with Richie Myler and things like that, that that could happen in this. So it's, it's something I'm going to have to read up on, but it seems like another novelty from the Super League or, you know, rugby league in general. You'll have the opposition shouting for a red card and the you shouting for a green card. <laughs> <laughs> green card! Give me a green card, ref! <laughs> One way or another, he's getting a card. Yeah, that's it. So, score prediction, Parky, we'll do for both. Double double chance for the Nandos. Uh, I think Friday night will be, it'll be probably a bit too much for our lads, especially with a lot of them backing up from 40 minutes on Sunday as well. But we'll, we'll need a, a good run. So, I'll say I'll say 36-12 to Hunslet on, on Friday night. Okay. And Sunday... I think it might be quite tight. I think. I mean, I know we have a style of play, but whether we're going to show it, you know, you don't want to show all your cards, whether we, we try and, you know, because we seem to have a lot more forwards than we do backs. Mm. So whether we try and, you know, keep the backs out of the game a little bit. With it being Wigan, and they don't they don't lose at home, I don't like backing against us, obviously, but Sam Paul's testimony will put some in. I'll say 22-16 to Wigan. Okay, I am going to go. I'm thinking Hunslet, obviously defeated in the first friendly, missed the second friendly because it froze off. It sounds like they're going to kind of play a bit of a bit of both. Few trialists, few players you didn't get to play in that first game. Opportunity for our lads to unsettle them. So I'm thinking Hunslet ten, Salford sixteen. First win for 
Sue Wilkinson's boys there. And then on Sunday, after obviously 40 minutes against Swinton, loosening them, loosening themselves off, thinking we'll go into the game full of confidence. I think, obviously, Wigan will be difficult to beat at home. But Wigan's first game at home, they'll want to go through the squad, won't they? So I think that'll disrupt their momentum as the game goes on. So I'm going to think we'll snatch it at the end. So I'm going to go Wigan, 18, Salford, 22. And Paul Rowley and the Shit Wilkerson celebrating come Sunday when both teams win. I mean, it'd be nice. It'd be very nice. Um, but you never can tell. They are they are only friendly. They're only warmers. They don't really give a massive indicator to the to the season. But the main thing for me is is to come through without injuries. Yeah, yeah. We 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 can ill afford that. And uh, you know, so fingers crossed. We do a bit of we might do a bit of praying Sunday morning just to just to try and get us through. Yeah. So that's the end of this week's podcast. I want to say big thanks to all the people who have donated this week through the Kofi. You know, it means more than the more than you'll ever know. Obviously, we want to grow this podcast, and obviously, you buying coffees for me, Parky and Paul, makes all the difference when we're buying equipment and new programs to help your podcast experience get better and better, Parky. So, I want to say, yeah, massive thanks to our listeners who put their hands in the pockets. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, the generosity of some people is, is is just crazy, really. Especially in these current times, you know, there's plenty of other things you can do. But so I, can't, I, I, I did put it on Facebook the other day, and so I, I, I can't thank people enough for it. It's, it's just enabling us to to carry on, really. That's the other thing, you know, paying for subscriptions and that kind of thing. It's in these times, it's, it's difficult. So uh, yeah, and obviously the upgrading equipment has been been brilliant so yeah no thank you very much to everybody who's who's contributed and and, and just for everybody for listening that's mm-hmm. the other thing you know if you if you're happy enough listening to me waffle on then you'll you'll do for me yeah i've always said before it does blow me mind that people take sort of an hour out of their lives every week just listen to me you and paul just start salford for an hour just blow my mind all over the world as well not just yeah. in salford so yeah we can't thank you know can't thank you enough for, for your support and obviously if you do want to sort of donate you can find the link on our, our socials and there's the opportunity to help us grow so big thanks for tuning to this week's Devil in the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkinson. You can find us on Facebook, Devil in the Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter at DITDSRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Radio Contact, Spotify, and YouTube. See you soon. in